Have you ever noticed that podcasts are a little like sharks? When they stop swimming, they die, and they can both smell blood from a mile away. So in the spirit of keeping swimming, I'd like to introduce you to TOS Plus. Putting my business pants on for a second, TOS Plus is our new premium membership thingamajig. It's the all-access pass to a growing library of exclusive horror, sci-fi, and WTF audio fiction, along with access to the regular TOS weekly stories in higher quality, a week early, and ad-free. Once again, that's exclusive episodes, ad-free, a week early, and higher quality audio. You'll also get access to the brand new TOS Plus Vault, where you can grab our ebooks, comics, and desktop wallpapers and all sorts of stuff. All of this is available today via our Patreon campaign, which includes juicy extras like Discord access, audiobooks, and merch. And if you're an Apple user, you can subscribe directly via the Apple Podcasts app. We're now in our eighth year of the podcast, and we've got so many cool projects on the boil none of which would be possible without the ongoing support of our listeners, specifically our premium subscribers, our super-powered patrons, and the many multi-dimensional voodoo priests air-guitaring to the TOS intro jingle. For more, head over to theotherstories.net forward slash plus. Once again, that's theotherstories.net forward slash plus. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert Styles. Meet the new Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. <laughs> Before we started the other stories, I ran a podcast called Luke's Massive Storytelling Podcast Thing, a show in which Luke Condor, that's me, figures out how this whole storytelling thing works in the modern world. And... Five years later, season two is finally live. So if you're an indie filmmaker, or perhaps a self-published author, or a game developer, stand-up comedian, or maybe just a wannabe nudist, then boy do I have the show for you. Just pop Luke's Massive into your favourite podcast app to check it out today. Today's episode of The Other Stories is dedicated to listener Dave Wilson and his partner in crime, Sonny. Today's episode is... Mum, written and narrated by Luke Condor. Sometimes my mum would pretend she wasn't my mum anymore. It was a game we played. She'd woke me up into a mild panic, and just as it was about to get too much for my young heart, she'd look me in the eyes and say, It's okay. It's me. It's your mum. I still hear her voice sometimes. Not my mum of today, but the one from my childhood. I could be doing anything. Be it food shopping, walking the dog, writing an email, filling up the car with petrol. And from somewhere I'd hear the faintest sound, and it's her from way back when, in the exact same intonation. An echo from my childhood only just reaching me. 
The older I get, the less I hear it, but when I do, it still stops me, and I catch myself looking over my shoulder, expecting to see her. Luke! She shouts, from somewhere over rooftops and through alleyways and from 1993, from the first house I remember living in, the house at the bottom of the cul-de-sac. The sound is etched into the inner rings of my brain tree, and I know that it's a trick of the mind. A similar sound, a creaking door, a squeaky wheel, a coat zip, something. Might have just enough in common to unlock that oral memory and make me look like an idiot. Every time I hear it, I stop what I'm doing, I look, and then I get on with my day. It's the same every time. Back when we lived at the bottom of the cul-de-sac, we were tiny people, and we'd wander out with our tiny friends and go on tiny adventures. We'd throw mud at each other, we'd shoot spud guns, we'd crawl under bushes, we'd ride bikes for hours on end, we'd get our hands dirty and our foreheads greasy, and we'd go on like this until each of us heard our mother's calling from our doorsteps. That's the voice I hear, the one that's calling me home. And now that I'm heading towards the wrong side of 30, and I find myself becoming slowly crushed in the collapsing towers of responsibility, I've been wondering, a sad and pathetic kind of wonder, what if the next time I hear it, what if I don't get on with my day? What if I went home? I think this as I open a letter addressed to the homeowner. Unfortunately, that's me. I rip open the envelope and I hear her voice and I think maybe it was a paper tearing or a passing car with a loose fan belt, but it hits me all the same. Luke, it says, and I look through the window, only to see a cat across the street staring back at me. I feel dumb and, in fact, know that I am 100% dumb because of what I'm about to do. At least, nobody will know I'm gone, I think. The house has been empty since September two years ago, the time I went to the hospital with a wife and came home without one. Like I'd forgotten her, like I'd lost a favourite hat. I remember the sickness and I remember the scared doctor. I remember the panic, the night of never-ending worry, and I remember the apology. Sorry for your loss, they said, like I should check the lost and found by reception on the way out. We're very, very sorry for your loss. Like the dumb person I am, I put the letter down, grab my coat, my car keys, and I leave the house. Outside, it's winter. It's not icy, but the winds bite as I climb into the car and turn on the air conditioner. My cheeks warm before my hands because I'm embarrassed. The reasonable thing to do would be to go back inside, but I start the engine, start to drive. I don't even know where I'm going. I haven't been to my childhood house or the town I grew up in in over 20 years. I draw the route in the faded maps of my mind as I go. The address, number 23 Tudor Close, somewhere in Ashby, somewhere in Leicestershire. The direction, north, maybe northeast-ish, maybe a hundred miles away. I could ask my phone for directions, but I don't. I make a deal with myself. I'll see how far I can get, I think, and then if I do get lost, only then will I ask my phone for directions. Normally I'd listen to music or a podcast, but this time I find myself listening to the car instead, pitching my thoughts to the engine like it's a tuning fork. It's hypnotic. 
The miles pass quick. Quicker as the engine's hum washes over me. White lines slip away like water through open fingers and road signs flutter overhead like loosed pigeons. I'm awake and yet I feel like I'm sleeping at the wheel. I'm not sure if it's me driving or my muscle memory. Do I steer? Do I even change gear? Luke! I hear her voice again and suddenly we pass through a tunnel I didn't enter. It gets dark for a second, then light, then dark, light, like we're speeding through strobe lights. The hum of the engine becomes shamanic, guttural. Everything blurs, the air conditioner burns my forehead, each passing mile feels like a finger creeping up another notch in my spine. The road disappears completely, and all I can see are the doctor's widening whites. Take her to the resuscitation room, the doctor said. Quickly! The doctor was terrified that night. They probably went into work hoping for a quiet night that never happened. Her eyes, the doctor's eyes, she looked terrified. She looked like a person coming to the sudden realisation that they were driving into oncoming traffic, the headlights of someone else's car lighting them up. Speaking of which... Luke! A car horn shrieks at me and I'm present again, veering onto the wrong side of the road. I think maybe I scream. It feels like somebody is squeezing the juice from my heart as I regain control, recenter the car, slap myself hard enough to leave finger marks. I need to shake away the weirdness to wake myself up. So I wind the window down, rub my eyes, try to make sense of what I'm seeing. When did I turn off the motorway? What time is it? The world is now grey, the sky cross-hatched with golden clouds that lay across the rising sun. It's murky too. Ground mist hangs a foot above the fields on my left and right. Street lights beam through the fog and I can't see further than the end of the road. It looks like early morning but I check the car's clock. It reads 4.30pm. I check my phone but it's cold and dead. The roads are empty. I need coffee. I really need coffee. There are no Starbucks, no McDonald's. Instead I find myself turning off a roundabout signposted for Colville. I recognise the name, and as I pass through I realise that I know the town. I know the swimming baths, the supermarket, the town high street. Curiosity swells in my chest as I drive on, a little faster than I should. It's as I pass the graveyard that it clicks in my mind like a train finding the tracks. I know where I am. I know where I am. I pick up more speed as I make my way to the next town over, to Ashby. When I arrive, the sun has shifted again. It's now overhead and the fog has cleared. The sky is now blue, my wheels seemingly fixed to the inner cogs of time. I drive and the sun rolls. I pass my old school, my old friend's house. I pull into Tudor Close. The sun now on the other side of me, already setting. I see it, but I don't believe it. I'd wondered so many times before, wondered if, after hearing her calling, I could drive through the decades and the days and the minutes, wondered if I could go back to that time and find my mum of then standing at the door, waiting for me. I don't believe it, and yet there she stands, waving me home. I'm crying as I get out of the car and walk to her. My fingers shake. I walk the garden path towards the yellow glow of the house.
At the door, my mum looks me up and down. She tuts. She is so young here, younger than me now. Look at the state of you, she says, smiling. Shoes off, then get straight upstairs. I've run you a bath. I do as she says. Step inside my childhood house. Everything inside uncovers memories long since tucked away. The pattern of the carpet, the framed family photos on the wall, the way the stairs creak. I even recall the specific shade of yellow of these old light bulbs. I even recognize the smell. In the bathroom, I take off my clothes and climb into the hot bath. It's so small now. I'm exhausted from the long drive, longest drive I've ever done, 30 years in one sitting. I close my eyes, soak in the warmth. The hot water calms me in a way I haven't been calmed in years, and it's when I open my eyes that I see how dirty I truly am. I grab the flannel from the side, soak it under the hot tap. I scrub away the years like it's only dirt, wash away the wrinkles on my forehead, my eyes, and then the scars too all of it coming away with a little soap and some hard scrubbing. I keep going. I clean out the heartaches from behind my ears. I dig out the depression from under my fingernails, shampoo away all the shameful memories. I keep cleaning. I clean until it hurts and keep going until it doesn't. By the time I'm done and toweled dry, my footsteps are lighter, my hands smaller, and in the steamy bathroom mirror, a child looks back. Dinner's ready! My mother shouts. Coming, I reply, my voice unruined by time. I put on my Ninja Turtle pajamas and head downstairs a quarter of the size that I walked up them. Tinny television sounds play from the living room, a TV dating show that no longer airs hosted by a woman who no longer lives. Inside the living room, their eyes turn to me, my sister of then and my dad of then. The glare of the TV lights up the whites of their eyes. They don't speak, only smile and watch. My mum hands me a tray. There's a plate of beans on toast on it and a glass of orange juice. She kisses me on the head and I sit down on the sofa to eat. It's nice because it's exactly as I remember it. We finish our dinners, watch TV shows I already know the ending to. We laugh, we be what we used to be before everybody moved away, grew so distant, and one of us died. At 9pm, my dad looks at me, nods, taps his watch. Bedtime, I say. Already? Slowly, wordlessly, he taps it some more, and I acquiesce. I go to bed clean of what will come, and I think of what may happen, already looking forward to the everlasting childhood I always thought I was due. Luke! The voice wakes me. I open my eyes, and they slowly adjust to the darkness. Moonlight bathes the room in grey, and my breath mists up above me. Quickly I check my hands and they're still so tiny, Still so smooth. I'm here, in my past, now the present again. It's good, I think. This is good. But the relief is quickly gone as something in the room shifts, and I sit up in the bed, look to the figure in the corner, facing the wall. 
I watch it for a moment, eventually braving to turn on my bedside lamp. That's when her fingers twitch. Mum, I say. She repeats slowly, as if the words get caught in her teeth, as if talking backwards. She doesn't walk to the bed but steps back to it, like her movements are in reverse. She sits down like she'd just gotten up. She looks at me like she'd just turned away. I know the game before it begins and the bones inside my ears ache. Please. I'm tired, I say. Please, 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 please. She repeats and I recognise the eyes. I know the widening whites of the eyes and I know the panic bubbling up in me and the tightening in my chest and I recognise the sensation of peeing my bed and fucking hell do I know the eyes. I know that smile and I already know what she's going to say. I already know the game but this isn't how I remember it. This is different, warped, backwards. She scoops up the bed and the ruffled bed covers become unruffled. Her hair shudders, eyelids quiver. She says, not with her mouth but with her eyes, and in those widening whites I see there are teeth, gnashing and starved. Her hands shoot up towards me, as if they're going against the grain of time. Her hands wrap around my small head, pull my face into hers, my eyes into hers. In desperation I listen out for a voice, for someone to help. Her eyes begin to chew my own, and with each terrible bite, I hear my mother's voice calling me home. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Other Stories. Mum was written and narrated by Luke Condor, edited by Carl Hughes with music by Melon and Tom Robson, and sound effects provided by freesound.org. And the episode illustration is provided by Luke Spooner of Carry On House. Luke Condor started writing on his computer in his early teens and never looked back, and now he has very sore eyes. He makes podcasts, makes films, and writes books. Check out more of his work at lukecondor.com and that's Condor spelt with a K. And be sure to join the newsletter to get a free book of short stories. Oh, and follow me on Twitter and Instagram at, at Luke of Condor. Guys, I don't know what to tell you. The hardcover limited edition copies of the other stories best of collection is getting swallowed up, not just by customers, but by paradimensional worms. They just keep eating these books because they love the delicious taste of horror stories. So be sure to get one before they all run out by heading over to theotherstories.net forward slash best of. Once again, that's theotherstories.net forward slash best of. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can become a patron over at patreon.com forward slash hawk and cleaver and you'll get to hear the episodes one week early. You can join our book club, movie club and writing exercises over at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash hawk and cleaver. T-shirts, mugs, posters and comic books are available at gumroad.com forward slash hawk and cleaver. And you can get help with your short stories and your podcasts by heading to theotherstories.net forward slash services. The Other Stories is a production of the story studio Hawk and Cleaver and is brought to you with a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license. That means don't change it, don't sell it, but by all means, share the hell out of it. Until next time. 
Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.